Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire your walk with God. For more information about our church and community, check out myc3church.ca. As a matter of fact, uh, I never really tell the story about the David Center. Uh, the one time, actually, the, uh, the first year that we established the David Center was all the children, all the children that we have at the David Center was 78 kids, orphan. It was all the offspring of the Khmer Rouge. Uh, their parents, one time or another, have killed many people. But the children, just innocent as they can be, they know nothing about the killing that their parents have done. But uh, God have impressed upon our heart to go ahead and help those kids. Uh, what we do is that uh, the children, has been, their parent has been indoctrinated as a child growing up with hatred. So we trust in God by the grace of God and God alone, Jesus Christ himself, is that to doctrinate those kids with the love of Christ. So we use the same term, doctrinated with hatred. We're going to doctrinate it with love. <laughs> and those kids are growing up now. Many of them are having family of their own. They're full of love and love of Christ. And they appreciate every single moment that they know Jesus loved them, loved their children, loved their spouses. And uh, just to let you know, I have a lot of grandkids. <laughs> yeah, those kids call me Papa. Grand, um, uh, father, and so their children is my grandchildren. So before I have my own biological grandchildren, I have two actually. I have so many of those from the David Center. So thank you so much for supporting the David Center. And uh, now the children has come from all over the country that need uh, the love of Christ, and they are all orphaned. So, um, well, what I'm impressed to have been prom upon my heart to share with you this morning is that the expect the unexpected in life. We come to church because of life. If it's not for that, we are not here. And uh, in my country, sadly to say that a lot of people, they say they go to uh, KTV, which is, uh, it stands for karaoke television. <laughs> And there's a lot of KTV building around across the country. And a lot of people out there believe that if they go to T KTV, they will gain life. They will enjoy life. But the outcome of KTV, they're coming out with HIV. That's what they got from there. They got drunk. They divorced in the family. Chaos. There's a lot of things. That was not the way it meant to be. That's not the way they thought it's going to be happening. So we have to be really serious about our life. Life is a journey. And life, it cannot be predicted at all times unless you have the master of life leading you. So. A lot of time we enjoy life, which is, we should be grateful for that. My wife and I enjoy life. We enjoy our two children. We enjoy our two grandchildren. That's supposed to be that way. And we enjoy that. But 
sometimes life didn't go the way we wanted. And sometimes life will face some challenge that we did not expect. Last year in May 2017, I left Colorado with a team from Eston Bible College, 11 students, to Cambodia. And we was all excited about the opportunity, especially those 11 students. They really excited about their opportunity to minister in various uh, ministries that Transform Asia, which is our ministry, is doing. They're looking forward to meet with girls who have been rescued from prostitution as well as from uh, domestic abuse. They was looking forward to meet kids who born and raised in the disposable dump that we help them uh, through the daycare called Joy Daycare. And they was looking forward to meet the orphanage center, the kid at the David Center. They was also looking forward to, to be with the congregation, the various congregation across the country. And they was looking forward to worship together with them in a different language, different tongue, but worship the same living God, Jesus Christ. So it's all it's exciting. And every itinerary was put ahead, and we was looking forward to fill up the itinerary with joy and anticipation that we have. But unfortunately, when I get to the New Development Center, I've been arrested, and then uh, they throw me in jail because of the fall accusation against me. We have a 40 acre of land that we bought many years ago. It's intended to build a Christian university, but somehow the perpetrator, uh, actually people who have power in the government, tried to steal that land and sold to the Chinese. And because of that, they make up story and then to a point where they arrested me and throw me in jail and the fall accusation is that I have physically punched in the face of the member of the parliament, and he's also the leader of the Muslim in Cambodia. And they said I punched him on the face to the point where he cannot tolerate it anymore, so he ended up signing the land to me. That was the accusation. As a matter of fact, close to home, the day that they put in that record is that the same day I stood here in this same pulpit <laughs> preaching to C3 Church Congregation in Calgary. But the man, the member of the parliament was living in Cambodia. Up until this day, I have not met him yet. But somehow I punch him on the face. <laughs> I have a long hand, punch him <laughs> on the face, and then get him uh, signed the paper to me. So anyway, that's the accusation. So I've been thrown in prison. So my life was not the way I wanted anymore. Become, I become a very broken man. When, when you've been thrown in prison unexpectedly, without a court order, without anything like that, you're not prepared for that. As a matter of fact, I told the world that I have my itinerary set up pretty well, but then God changed my itinerary. Prison was not in my itinerary. I didn't put it in there. And I didn't tell the student from Eston Bible College well, part of the itinerary, I'm going to be in prison. <laughs> I didn't tell them that. If I told them ahead of time, they're probably not coming to Cambodia. But 
I didn't tell them that. So that God changed the itinerary. So I become a broken man. So when life is broken, what, what should we do? This is the thing that has went to my mind in that moment of time. When life is broken, I have no idea what shall I do. I don't have any ability to, to help myself. I don't have any ability to look into anything but to God. When life is broken, Psalm chapter 119 verse 105 said, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. So when life is broken, what shall I do? I look into God's word, the word of God, for direction. That's what I've been told, and that's how I have been experienced in my life as, as I walked with Jesus in 1979 until this day, is that when life is broken, God's word is the only solution into everything. God's word is the only direction that I need to grab a hold of based on the scripture. And then when life is broken, I look to God, not only to God's word, but to put total trust in him based on scripture. In Psalm, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it said, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. When you look at this scripture, it's, it's very simple. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. It's very easy. It's easy to be understood even by a three-year-old child. But is that easy for us to accept it? I don't know about you, but for me, I used to have photographic memory. So therefore, I like to split half and half. What I will tell God, I say, okay, God, I trust you 50%. Keep another 50% for myself because I'm a pretty smart boy. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but sometimes I say, okay, God, how about a little bit negotiation? How about I trust you 99%? Why don't I keep 1% to myself? And God probably say, ah, Satan, I don't think it's a deal. The deal is 100%, not 99%, even 99.99%. That's not the deal. The deal that God is telling us in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 is at 100%. Right. Trust in the Lord. Amen? I like to hear that amen. Because a lot of times we don't like that. When God tells us to trust Him 100% with all of our heart and not lean to our own understanding, we just think that, well, God, that's a little way too much. Well, when you say it's a little way too much, only when you're okay, your life is okay. But when your life is in chaos, like me, being thrown in jail unexpectedly, then... Until then, you say, well, God, I trust you 100%. I have nowhere to go. I have zero qualification to help myself at this moment of time. So therefore, I need to trust in your word 
100%. Well, to trust God 100%, which is a deal, that's a deal. And it's what is really helping me is that when I recall the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 1, and then it helped me boost up my energy to trust in God even more. Because John chapter 1, verse 1, it said, In the beginning was the Word. So before that, is there anything at all? Before the Word, there's nothing, absolutely nothing. But with the Word, everything come into being. God spoke, everything come into existence. So when our life is in chaos and our life is in, was broken, we need to trust in the Word of God 100%. Because the Word of God can change life. More so in the Gospel of John chapter 10 verse 14 said, I am the good shepherd that Jesus spoken. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. You know what, in my life I've gone through five different regimes. <laughs> I don't have, you know, compared to some of the people here like Pastor Fence, he's 85. I'm only 60 years old. I've already gone through five different regimes in my lifetime. And among those five regimes, it was not all pretty. One of which is that a regime called the Khmer Rouge. I've been arrested on multiple times. In 1977, in the middle of the killing field of the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia, along with four other high school kids and myself, number five in line, has been arrested and tied in a rope that was blindfold to be executed. And the reason we're being arrested and being executed because we all educated. This particular regime don't like educated people. So they like to eliminate educated class. And I was qualified into that kind of group of people. So therefore in 77, in the middle of the killing field and hard work and starvation and killing and persecution, I have been arrested. Four guys been executed. My turn is coming, it's just a matter of second, not even minute. My turn is coming. The executioner was ready to pull a trigger by using his bamboo rod to hit on my neck. At that moment of time, in a very critical in my life, I cry out to God that I don't even know I cry out to God who I believe that he's out there waiting upon me to listen to my cry and real be ready to spare my life as a matter of fact. So here I call Lord of the universe, whoever you are, please spare my life and I promise to be your witness. Thank God he knows his name. Thank God he was a good shepherd. 
Thank God he said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So I'm one of his lost sheep in the midst of the killing field of Cambodia. And he know me by name. He know my name was Sitan. And he know that he have pinpoint, handpicked on me from eternity so that he was there to spare my life. That's why I love this God. The Lord of the universe, the God who cares enough about you and me, a Lord who cares about our life, regardless of circumstances, regardless of location, regardless of nationality. He cares enough to be there to grab a hold of us so our life can be safe. And it's even better yet in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 4. It said, the Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain out of the midst of the fire. My circumstances were I was in the midst of the fire, but God liked to speak face to face with me. As a matter of fact, a lot of time when God tried to speak to you and I face to face, he liked to whistle to our ear. So we need to give him some time and carefully listen to him. But sometimes, you know, we like, just like anybody out, we like to play game. Okay, God, don't, don't tell me anything yet. I'm, I'm going to finish my game. Uh, five more minutes, okay? I'm almost done. That's okay, God. Just, just sit in there. This is a nice place. Sit down. I, I, I'm going to finish my game, all right? Okay, friend, are you in Australia? Okay, okay. Just push that button, okay? I'm push this button. We're going to kill that one, all right? Okay, God, three more minutes, okay? Uh, I'll I be with you right there. Just, just wait. All right, okay. Are, are you there? Are you there? That's how, who we are. Sometimes we, we, we want God to rest. And everything we can do at our own. But when we do such a thing, God smiles at us because of his compassion and his love for us. Regardless of our age, regardless of where we're coming from, in his eye, we are his little child. God smiles at us. God wants the very best for us. God wants to speak to us face to face. God wants to say, okay, put away that game. Look at me face to face. Talk to me. I love you. I care about you. And then in my circumstances, it changed from the killing field to last year and May 9, went to that prison. When I went to that prison, I was basically completely out of touch. I was totally in the dark. I was totally in the dark. And then God's word was coming to me again. The word of God is a solution to everything. And the word of God was whistled to my ear, said this, John, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord is a spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Here I'm in a very critical moment. I was in prison throwing in that prison cell, lock it up from behind, look to the right, there are five tattoo guys. If you can show that tattoo guy, 
those are real guys. I went back to that same prison almost every time I'm in Cambodia. And those guys are assigned to pull a trigger on me. And guess what? When I left that prison, those guys become my brother in Christ. <laughs> and I thank God for that. So I thank God for that. One of them is going to be out. This guy is going to be out very soon. And he asked if I can hire him to work with me to serve the Lord. I say, you are hired. <laughs> so some of you who come into Cambodia, you're going to meet one of those guys. Tattoo. And I want him to show you the tattoo. And this time, that tattoo for Christ. That's what I told him. I say, you're going to call tattoo for Christ not tattoo for any other thing. So when I was in the dark, the word of God come to me, so I boost up my energy. I start reaching out to those guys, and those guys somehow has been convicted by the word of God. And the rest of the story is that 198 inmates and five officials came to Christ in a very short time I was in that prison. So, praise God. So when you're in the dark, you look to, to God's word for a solution. Everything out, it doesn't matter. Good thing happened. Because Jesus said in 8, John chapter 8, verse 12, say, I am the light of the world. Whoever follow me, follow me will never walk in the darkness, but have the light of life. You not only walk in the light, but you also have life. So, life to the fullest. So, so, when you walk in the dark, God's light is your solution to everything. And then, move on forward, is that when you walk in the light, what happened? When you walk in the dark, God's light, is, it becomes a vehicle for you and your journey. Then when you walk in the light, what happened? Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 said, The people walking in the darkness have seen the great light on those living in the deep darkness. A light have dawned. So in other words, that when you walk in the light, people see the great light. Which in parentheses, people see Jesus in you. When you walk in the light, people will see the great light based on Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2. It means people will see Jesus in you, even though you're an inmate like me. I was a fellow inmate in, in that crowded prison cell. 150 people in that little tiny prison cell. One toilet. I live in that kind of condition for the next 10 days. But nevertheless, what is the difference is that because I walk in the lights of God, because people then grab a hold of, they see the great light in it. They want to have what I have. They want to have what they don't. They want to have what they see in me. At that time, what was in me was Jesus himself. Because I was not bitter toward anybody, but rather I was compassionate for those guys. I don't know what their background was. They can be criminal. They can be a killer, serious killer. As a matter of fact, the day that I've been released, I find out that the guy who slept next to me, he's 45 years old, he was a serious killer in Cambodia. I didn't even know that. 
but I led him to Christ. The only person in the whole prison cell he respected was me. He had no respect for nobody. That guy was really cruel, but yet he surrendered himself to Jesus. When I got out of prison, I turned on the local news television, and they were talking about the guy. It was not a good thing about him. It was all bad. How many people he have killed, how many bang he have robbed, and stuff like that, so on and so on. And this guy was my next door neighbor, slept next to each other, breathed on each other's nose. Because he slept on the sideway, <laughs> he breathed on my nose and I breathed on his nose for 10 days. But then he come to Christ. So, and then thirdly, is that when you know the light, you know what the Apostle Paul encouraged you and I to do? When you know the light, when you know Jesus, what Paul is telling us to do is based on 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, it says, So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So what Paul is telling us and encourage us to do is that when we walk in the light, when we know the light, please don't be ashamed of giving a testimony about our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ to those surrounding us or those who God brought to our path. I can give you testimony after testimony. I know many of you probably travel as much as I do or even more. But I, you know, I have no choice but be on a plane, long flight and short flight. When it comes to Calgary from Denver, I call it short flight because two and a half hours, that's very short. But flying from Denver to Tokyo or, or Seoul, Korea, that's be 13 to 14 hours. <laughs> that's, I call it long flight. And thank God for the airline company, they make the seats smaller and smaller, right? <laughs> so they can put more people in there, right? So you may not thank God like I do, but it's getting smaller and smaller. And some guy need a little extra room, so where's the room? Will be you, your seat. Although you pay a, a one full seat to yourself, but you only got half seat. I don't know if you ever experienced that or not. I experienced that a lot. The guy or the girl sat next to me, my next door neighbor, think they, they pay for one and a half seat. They took half of my seat. And I was squeezing myself like this for 13 hours. All right? So because of that, I don't want that to, to happen for no reason. So I thought maybe God bring us an intimate relationship right there. <laughs> so based on Apostle Paul, Second uh, 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 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, it said, don't be ashamed of giving your testimony. Well, this girl or this guy leaning toward you now, might as well tell them about Jesus. All right? It's 14 hours. It's a long time. So the chance is that he or she may spit on your face, or another chance, he or she may come and surrender their life to Christ. In my case, half and half. 
say a guy and girl spit on my face or say get lost? I'm just smiling, all right? I do my best. I'm telling them about Jesus. I give them life. They don't want it, that's okay, that's their problem. But that's what God wants you and I to do. When we walk in the light, we need not to be ashamed to tell people. And let me tell you one real testimony. I was boarding a, a flight from Los Angeles, California to Narita, Tokyo, Japan. And they said that it was 14 hours. It was the old plane, 747, the two-story. And they say we're going to go against the wind, so it was 14 hours. That's a long flight. And it's going to be a long flight. So they make an announcement ahead of time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a long flight. I say, okay. <laughs> so my seat was the very last seat on the plane, on the very back of the plane, right next to the toilet. So I don't have to walk very far to go to the toilet. And when the plane is about to take off, you know, the flight attendant was telling us that it's going to be long flight, ladies and gentlemen, you know, find your seat and all those good stuff, <laughs> listening to the safety procedure and all those kind of thing. And here's an old grumpy man walking in the plane angry. <laughs> I think if he can kill anybody in the plane, he will kill them. I saw that passenger coming in. And he was coming toward me. I thought, there one seat empty in the middle seat. I was on the aisle seat, the very last seat on the plane. And this guy was absolutely angry. He was full of anger. And the flight attendant was walk behind, keep saying, sorry, sir, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But anyway, he went and sat right next to me. I just said, hi, sir. Doesn't help much. Hello, sir, how are you doing? <laughs> so he was like grumpy old man. So long story, the plane took off. A couple hours later, I'm still being nice to him. He even said, sir, will you like our seat? I can go in the middle seat. I'm, I have a short leg. You got a long leg. Doesn't work. He's still angry. I tried to tell him about Jesus. He's still angry. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. So finally, I sang, you know, just be patient. I'm not a good singer. I sang Amazing Grace. I just start singing Amazing Grace. And then all of a sudden, I hear somebody was playing, you know, doing... That guy, that crumpy old man. He starts singing along, but he didn't make a word, but he made like a music. So the two of us have a choir at the end of the plane. Yeah, he's good. He's very good. Humming is very nice. My singing is not that nice. But I go together. And then all of a sudden, he grabbed a hold of my hand, squeezed me, and tear come from his eye. He said, thank you very much for bringing back to Jesus. I said, did I? <laughs> he said, I've been one upon the time. I love Jesus. But then I walk away from him for so long. But you really... No matter what I treat you, how I treat you, you still try to be kind and nice to me. Now I can see Jesus in you. And I'm coming back to Jesus on that long flight. That's why Paul tells us, don't be ashamed of telling the gospel. Don't be ashamed of giving your testimony to people. 
because you never know what happened. And what I find out about the guy, he owned one of those 500 fortune company or whatever, I don't know what it means, but that's who he was. And he became on my board for a long time. He's no longer on my board now, but he used to be on my board. But this is an old grumpy man walking to the plane, angry, because he got a, he, he, he bought a, a business class and then he got to sit on the very last plane for a reason, so that he can come back to God. So it's amazing. So ladies and gentlemen, I just want to challenge you that regardless of whatever circumstances in your life, look into the Word of God for a solution. The Word of God is a land to my feet. And look to the Word of God for people to see Jesus in you. And then, don't forget, and don't be ashamed to give your testimony about Jesus to those surrounding you. And all the glory will go to him and him alone. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for loving us so much, for caring about our life. Thank you for being a good shepherd. Lord, even someone like me and most of us, Lord, we are lost sheep. You're willing to put down the 99 sheep and go find us and pull us out of the ditch so that we can come to you and you alone as our Heavenly Father and God and Lord and Savior. I just pray for this congregation, Lord, that you bless them, Lord. Bless them abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.